you were given the captain's armband at 20. Ooh. Did Matt make that decision? Yeah, I said no. That's another one. <laughs> the, first, the first time. It's a lot of pressure, isn't it? So I'm thinking the same thing. We had players all over the pitch that could have those moments that would make a difference. That was probably when you say like the champion mindset. That was not just one player. It was spread through the whole 11, but also the, the group and the environment that we created to go and do that. Where did you after that? I chose to go to America. Soccer? You going to so <laughs> yes, play soccer? Yes. Or? I went to play football <laughs> in America. I will not say that word. <laughs> Spoken like a true scouser. Yeah. I've definitely seen an improvement. I think the, the structure and everything is in place now. It's about can we build on it as players? It's not going to be as easy as last time it was signed 13 players going win the league. Like I don't think you're ever going to see that happen now. Welcome to another episode of The Scouse Code with Bianca Cook and Paul Garrity. We've returned to Merseyside to meet someone who's had a big impact on Liverpool Football Club. Gemma Bonner captained the women's team to back-to-back -back league titles in 2013 and 2014. The side she played in revolutionised the WSL and how women's football is played in England. A former Lioness herself, Gemma has now returned to help the Reds find their feet after promotion back to the top flight. So let's hear Gemma's story, how she became a Liverpool legend and adopted Scouser. Enjoy. Welcome to the show, Gemma. Thank you. It's great to be here. I feel honoured to be on the Scouse podcast. Woo! Oh, well, there you go. The Scouse Co podcast has it's some news on it. Yes, definitely. Yeah, it's a, it's a definitely to have, a pleasure yeah. to have you. You're at Liverpool again. Mm -hmm. We're not obviously the surroundings aren't Liverpool at the moment. The club's in a bit of a transition phase. We're at Tramir Rovers training ground while the club looks for a new home. So that's why the surroundings look the way they do. But what's it like for you now to be back at Liverpool now for the second time? Yeah, firstly, I'm so happy to be back. Um, obviously, it's been a bit of a kind of full circle in terms of a few years ago when I left, the club was in a very different position. Um, I think I'm very aware of the situation now. The girls have done tremendously well last year, getting promoted back into the top league. So coming back in, it's been very different. Um, but it's also an exciting challenge ahead. I think, you know, the girls here, they welcome me. I feel like I've I've been back longer than I have. Um, I don't know whether that's a good thing or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's fantastic to be back and I'm super proud. And I think... I always felt when I left, it was such a hard decision to leave. Um, but I always wanted to come back at some point and I didn't know what or when that was going to be or what it looked like. You just knew it was going to I just knew that, you know, some someday I'll end up back there. Mm. I, I hoped anyway. It was anyway. pulling you yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good um, thing. It's a yeah, good um, so, attraction. Yeah, so here I am, full circle. Uh, different surroundings, different team, different coaching staff, but... Same club um, and essentially same kind of mentality, wanting to go and win. Same dream. Yeah. Like it. Love people, it. people who don't know you, this is one of the things, people who don't know you know that you don't have a, a Scouse accent. Mm -hmm. Scouse twang. Scouse twang. You have a Scouse twang. You're an adopted Scouser. Mm -hmm. That's why we've got her. Yeah, that's yeah. why we've got her. So what is it about Liverpool which you have a connection with? I mean, you're a, long life, a mm -hmm. lifelong Liverpool fan as well mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah, I've, I've always loved Liverpool um, growing up. Wrote my letters to Santa asking for <laughs> Liverpool kits. Got I would them. always, yeah, got them. Eventually this year it came true. Um, no, I've always, even when I was a young kid, I would 
go to Allen Road, but it would only be to watch Leeds and Liverpool. Mm. My sister would take me. Yeah. Um, so I always had the connection with Liverpool. And then I think signing for the club, being actually part of the city and kind of learning about the people that are here. It's, you know, I, I love the place. Um, I think they're very unique people, very special people. and We are. You, yeah, you are. <laughs> We're biased. Um, yeah, and I think once you kind of get the feeling of being in the Liverpool family, essentially, then it's it's quite special. Um, and for me, I've always had a strong connection with that, and I've loved the people of Liverpool. I love the city, and I guess I love the football club. I think you nailed it there. I think like when you are right in Liverpool, there's like this feeling mm-hmm. when you are a part of it. We are like a family, um, yeah. no matter what, and. I don't think that ever leaves, and people don't understand that if you're not in this city or yeah. you're not in part it's of it. It's so Liverpool. true. Like, even when I've been away, anyone who has had an association with Liverpool, they're always wanting to come back and visit, you know. There's players that are not even playing anymore but used to play for us previously. They're wanting to bring the families back, the husbands back, and I'm like, it's it's so nice to have that kind of affiliation that you know what, people still feel like this is their home away from home, essentially, and they want to share that with other people. Um, and that's definitely what I felt too. You, Because you, you are a massive fan, mm-hmm. signing for Liverpool back then must have been an absolute dream, like like a dream come true. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was at a time where obviously the women's game was growing. Um, I had let you into a little secret I had actually trained with Liverpool before I signed for Chelsea Um, (laughs) love it but it didn't quite feel quite right at the time in terms of my footballing career obviously had to come first um had to kind of put the emotional attachment to to the side for that moment in my career um so when the opportunity came up again um a couple of years later I felt like you know the vision of the club the ambition um there was a lot of players that signed at that time and it felt like the right thing, um, and I was. It was almost like it, the dream had come true. Um, kind of, I was saying before, you know, how times have changed. I was holding the Liverpool shirt up in up at the indoor in Kirby, um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, the memories I had the first two years, I I don't think I could have written it any yeah. better. Dream come true, literally. literally yeah. The thing is, you know, you signed for a second time. So, what do mm-hmm. the clubs say? Because you had this. We'll talk about this in a, in a moment, kind of what happened in the in the first spell at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. But you had a, a, a great time here the first time round. What is the vision here over the course of the mm-hmm. time, which the next phase of your career, if you like? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's very realistic in terms of we've just been promoted from the Championship, and I think the WSL is getting stronger every single year. Um, the teams are, you know, improving, the standards improving, all that kind of knock-on effect. Um, but I think for me, I had to to come back I wanted the club to have the ambition to you know we've shown this transfer window of signed is it four or five players um and they also know it's a process but realistically we have to stay in the league um and I think they're aware of that but also the ambition for Liverpool is to win games and keep on winning um and I think you know having the the kind of infrastructure coming back in um I've definitely seen an improvement in probably every aspect since I left I'm like wow we have this like you know I think the the structure and everything is in place now it's about can we build on it as players um building on the success of last season and can we keep adding to that momentum and of course it's going to be a process that's it's not going to be as easy as you know like last time it was signed 13 players going win the league like I don't think you're ever going to see that happen now (laughs) yeah I would I would love to for for that to happen but 
realistically the situation and, and growing it um, and growing again. I think it went through a period where probably Liverpool had a bit of a bad name. Um, players didn't want to come and I think we've changed that now and the mindset is now shifting and actually players want to come to Liverpool and, yeah. you know, signing the players like Fuka in the January, I think she was a huge very, addition. Very, player, very She's, good player. And I think the fact that we're able to now attract these kind of players, um, it is a process, but it's a start. Um, and for me, it's, it's something that it's almost... I feel like I can contribute to uh, with my experiences. I've I've been here before. I've also been away, been successful, and Great. and kind of coming back. I I care about the club, um, and it's something that I want to try and give back, but also push and and get back to where we we want to be. I think on that, like you're saying, where everything is changed, um, it's it is a lot harder because mm. that's a good thing as well, mm. though for women's football, like. For it to set the bar higher and yeah. higher than before, like it might have been easy, there might have mm -hmm. been a few clubs, but now mm -hmm. it is more, so much more competitive. And like you're saying, you know that realisticness, but that's sort of so good for the sport mm -hmm. and for women in football because it wasn't just, oh, it's only this team's, it's a, a load of people now competing and trying to be the best. And you've just said, then you know what you need to do. It might not be straight away to the top, but them little steps and little mm -hmm. goals, miracles can happen. So, yeah. step by step and you never know yeah I think for me it was also another challenge um coming back in the club being in a different position yeah. um being around different players in a new environment again essentially um but I think for me like you say it's you want the game to keep on growing you want the competitiveness yeah. to be there um and for me it's a challenge that I'm excited by it's probably a, a different position in, in what I've experienced before um so it's still a very much learning environment for me I'm still adapting but I'm trying to give everything I can to to keep on pushing one of the things that I find fascinating just listening to you and the, and the the way you talk about the club the way you talk about the area I mean you and I've spoken about um you've you've made a home here on on Merseyside as well it feels as though for you this it may sound sound daft mm -hmm. to say but it almost completes you in terms of in, in, in to, you know makes you happy in that respect yeah, I mean, I probably said it before, it's like home away from home. Um, and luckily, it's actually not too far away from home. So, you know, like my family are loving it too. Um, in term, like my dad comes to pretty much every single game and, you know, he's always kind of come to Liverpool again. So he, he loves the city Biggest too. Fan, yeah. Um, so he's more than happy to have a trip across to Liverpool for the day. Um, <laughs> but no, it's I think it's almost an infectious kind of feeling once you're in the city and... You know, the, the people are so special when you go into Liverpool and whenever you travel away, the way people always speak about Liverpool, it's it's quite unique. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a part of that. We are good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm probably like not a, a real Scouser, yeah. but I'm yeah, I'm, claim it, yeah. claim I, I'm going to claim the Scouser. Yeah, yeah. Um, you play for Liverpool, you're in Liverpool. Yeah. Come on, we've got you now. I've um, won two titles with Liverpool. Exactly. Yeah. So. You know what I mean? But no, it is. And every time I, obviously I was... I'll watch every Liverpool game. Um, and when you go into them as a fan, you're like, wow, the, the real buzz is going. Yeah. Um, Don't think you can beat that, though. Any game at Anfield yeah. is just... And I'm telling like, the other people, I'm like, you haven't been to a game at Anfield. Honestly, you if you haven't go. been, you yeah. will not know the difference. Like People literally. say it, but it's, it's just... Yeah. You can't explain it. It's just mm -hmm. electric compared to anywhere else. Literally. I've, I mean, some people that sit, think they've been to a game... Mm -hmm. And I'm like, come on, let's go to Anfield. Let's go to a like, real game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
So we've spoken about your happiness to be back at mm -hmm. Liverpool. Let's talk a little bit about the first time you were here. Um, do you remember how that particular move actually happened? Because you were at Chelsea at the time. Mm -hmm. You mentioned you'd had basically a trial with Liverpool a couple of years earlier. It didn't mm -hmm. really work out for you. How did that move from Chelsea to Liverpool happen? Yeah, well, at the time I was actually studying at university in Leeds. Um, so work that one out. I travelled. <laughs> um, a lot of travelling. What basically. was you doing, by the way? Sports performance. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Um, so I was actually studying in Leeds, mm. travelling to Chelsea. This was before it was full-time, essentially, mm. before. Um, so I would travel to London with my dad. He would drive me while I was studying away in the passenger <laughs> seat. Um, and it would be... I mean, depending on games, it could be up to four times a week we would do the journey. Um, so I had a two-year there. And as I said before, I, I trained with Liverpool for a bit, but at the time it didn't quite feel the best thing for my career. Um, so I decided Chelsea was, well, with the support of my family, and they were like, you know, it's the furthest one, but mm -hmm. we think this is the best for you. So, you know, if, if they're going to support me, I couldn't be like, no, that's too far for you to yeah. drive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on then, let's go. I know they're doing the miles yeah. there, aren't they? <laughs> um, so, no, I, I did it. I don't regret doing it. Um, I actually got my first England call up whilst, funnily enough, being in the car traveling to Chelsea. Um, but again, I was coming into my final year of university, a lot of traveling. Obviously, the, the contracts weren't there to support accommodation, yeah. travel expenses. I didn't even get them. Um, that was the old days, wasn't it? That that really was the yeah, old days. Actually, just doing it for love. Yeah, yeah. that's um, what probably made you be in love with the sport. And literally, got you this like far. I would never have been able to do it without my family's support. Um, but yeah, at the end of the two years, it was coming to my third year of uni, and I knew I wanted to be. It was also at the time where the game was starting to grow. Yes, and I knew I wanted to be part of team training a lot more because at the time I would only train once with the team and then play on a weekend um so I knew I wanted to have more contact time with the team and be um and obviously I'd worked with Matt at Chelsea yes. he was now the Liverpool coach um a lot closer to home but also the fact that they were going to train I think it was four nights a week to start yes, with was, yeah, a lot yeah, more yeah. that was yeah. that was like unheard of almost because it was usually two times and play at the weekend it was at the uh at the, the academy Kirby, in Kirby, yeah. wasn't it? yeah um so I was like, for, for my football, like having the contact time. Um, you have to take a leap of faith here, don't you? To, yeah, to I didn't really know because obviously I'd had the experience before. They were bottom of the league for the previous two seasons. Two seasons in the WSL. But there was yeah. no relegation. Um, and they wanted to kind of overhaul. And if you've been in women's football, you know that a lot of things are talk. Oh, okay. And it was like, yeah, I've heard this before. I've heard this before. You know, we're going to get this, we're going to get you're that. Not, it might not have happened. And you didn't want to get your hopes up. Yeah. Um, and that was probably the first time that I didn't get my hopes up and it actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's a thing. We should all lay. So, yeah, I think the opportunity to train, obviously, in a more professional environment for women's football in this country, um, it was an opportunity again to work with Matt. And then I also knew that they'd signed Whitney Engen. Um, she was US international and... Yeah my position and essentially I was going to play alongside her and for me to kind of have someone like that to play alongside in my position yeah. at that age um and then the further it kind of went on we signed Farah 
managed to get I was actually at university with Lucy Bronze oh my God. so I managed to recruit her along um and yeah I think the team we had it was almost put together from I look back now and a lot of players were unheard of or the unknowns in the women's game yeah. a lot of people that had points to prove almost and just wanted to the drive to, yeah. to go for it like we had you know there's a lot of people that Farah comes in you could think you know she had an ego she had such a successful career but she actually just wanted a change she'd been at Everton for a while and I think coming into an environment where everybody was fresh and there was almost like no history it was just like let's start afresh let's go for it and that's what you could see ask where for. we could you go ask for yeah. more than that. and I think that contributed to the team spirit and like I said, like in games, we would concede three, but we'd be like, we'll go and score four. It wasn't the I best being a defender. Um, <laughs> but we just had this mindset that, you know, we're all here for the same reason. We had foreign players come over and that was almost like the first for this league um, and how they settled in and they brought a different culture, yeah. different mentality and the you blend. So much, oh, yeah. It was I mean, it was literally probably the best two years of my career. Yeah. Was it? The thing, the thing that's interesting about that as well is when the club was taken over um, to, by the, the men's team, mm -hmm. I had a chat with Jen Chang and he said, I want to win the league. Do you know what I mean? He mm -hmm. was like the general manager, mm -hmm. want to win the league. And, I was, and it's something that you said before, and I think it's quite profound. And you said, yeah, I've heard all this before. Mm -hmm. And the thing was, he convinced me that that's what the club were going to do. Mm -hmm. And then he's, he, we were talking about defenders, and the first player I mentioned was you. Because when you were at Chelsea, you were on the, the rise. You know, your star was on the rise. And he mentioned to me about Whitney Engen and said, Whitney Engen's going to sign. It's like, well, the one that would compliment Whitney Engen would be Gemma Bonner. And this was in June 2012 at mm -hmm. this particular time. Yeah. So it was maybe about two, two you months. You saying that you yeah. made it whole life. I'm not saying you I made it whole life. Yeah. Yeah. He's just dropped that in. Did you see get that? an agent fee? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get a fee. Yeah, exactly. No, but the thing Still, it, though, if it, if it was right, that it, that was great. It, it, it's funny, though, the way the story kind of pans mm -hmm. out because it just so happens that the manager that comes in is, is Matt Beard and you mm -hmm. have a very close relationship with Matt Beard. And just because I mentioned, you know, you to him in, a, in an early conversation doesn't mean that that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But, it, you know, I knew Farah Williams. I knew Lucy Bronze. I knew mm -hmm. Tash Dowie. So I was able to say to them, do you want to come to Liverpool? Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, because the, you mentioned it before. They all wanted a change. Yeah. I think, like, timing's so important for things like mm -hmm. that. Like, um, it might not have been coincidence or anything, but things yeah. do just fall into place. And that was the start yeah. of a massive spark. And yeah. to have all you fantastic players mm -hmm. all be on the same wave, thinking the same, determined the same, you couldn't ask for more. I do think that team in that year was almost a big shift for women's football. Yeah, because we kind of did it. But before that, it was always Arsenal. Yeah. Arsenal and Everton were always yeah. in the finals. The only, the only other team that actually did anything like that was Fulham. Yeah. And that was when they were funded by Mohamed Al-Fayed. Yeah. Outside of that, I think, in, as you say, in this phase, Liverpool changed the game. Yeah. And I think we did it, and it was like we trained four times a week. And it was like, oh, oh okay. all of a sudden, like, teams are starting to do three times the a week. performances were going up. And everyone's fitness naturally improved because you didn't have to work as you much. Better or, athlete, you better athlete, you're more. Yeah. Everyone more was suited. educational, like more time with your club and it was almost as if people looked at it as if say if Liverpool can do it why can't we do it yeah 
So then, and I think when we beat Arsenal at the Emirates 4 0, yep. that was like a game Boom. changer. Yeah, <laughs> we did lost. Well, that's that? a statement. Then, we did lose it? the week before at Anfield yes, in I the FA that. Cup. Yeah. Because um, we never won the Cup, that yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So then we reacted. It was literally the week later. We went to Emirates. No one expected. Quite the with them. Yeah, because we'd just been beaten 2 0. Everyone was kind of thinking Liverpool are getting two ahead. Honestly, 4 0, it was like, is this really happening? That, that's <laughs> yeah. a statement to go to yeah. their home and then do and that. And I think that was almost the shift where Arsenal didn't become the Invincibles anymore. But do, you yeah, remember yeah. The, do you remember the first game that Liverpool played? It was in a League Cup game at Widnes. Do you remember that game? Yeah, I was thinking of the friendlies, the really first game. I was thinking of the first competitive game. Do you remember that one? Because I, I, because I'd helped the club obviously recruit players and all the rest of it. Was it Everton? Everton. Yeah. And it was such a disappointing performance. Was it a nil-nil? It was, it was, didn't it do was well. One, one, was, I'm waiting for like this big victory. <laughs> it was a boring game. It was 1-1. One, one. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah. And the second game, I think, was a 5-0 win against Aston Villa in the FA Cup. Yeah, that was and a win. And then the third game was up at Sunderland. Mm-hmm. And it was Liverpool only just scraped that one after extra time. Yeah. It, it was wasn't a good te- start. It, it took was, us a while to really I rem- kind of... Because I spoke to you after the game blend. and I said to you... Blending. Because mm-hmm. I remember saying to you, I did an interview with you afterwards and after we did the interview, I went, what do you think? And it was like, we need work. Do you know what I mean? And it was kind of... And yeah. I spoke to Matt afterwards and I went, what do you reckon, Gaffer? And he turns around and goes, take no notice now. Mm-hmm. In a couple of months, it'll be fine. Yeah. I think when things like that happen, you can't... You've had the, the players and the mm-hmm. people behind you like... No, and even though we're losing this, we're still mm-hmm. driving for it. And if he did have a bad start or not, like he must have persevered and got yeah. through and got through. And I think happened. we had a lot of a lot of honesty within the group, which I think is is you know so crucial in a yeah, team environment. Definitely. But I think the players drove a lot, and they were behind the standards. And it was almost the first time like having the Americans come into the league Massive. was a huge kind of you saw their mentality, but it wasn't you know, screaming and shouting, which yep. I think the English are very typical for. It was almost like recognising something good. It was like, say, for example, Whitney mm. playing up against Tash. If Tash made a great run in training against Whitney, but she didn't get the ball, Whitney would say, Tash, that's a great run. I was just like I a positive, <laughs> like a positive I'm like, thing. Yeah, I'm like, she's not on your team in training. How are you saying that? But it was like, no, Tash is on my team at the weekend. Yes. I need her to make that run on a weekend. Yeah. And I've recognized oh, that's okay. hard to yeah. defend against. So I'm going to tell you that. So you're making each other better players, no matter what, yeah. to then succeed and push yourself yeah. more and would, more. Would, would, you, would you do that with like so Jade or you know, anybody else? Obviously, your team? like, yeah, we're all in teammates, obviously, we're all in yes. different weights. But um, me and Jade will make sure we both push each other because. Mm-hmm. We're best friends. We want to be the best. We know we've got the best chance to win. If I, if we come in, one of us are negative and one of us is positive. It's like it's just going to affect the other yeah. person. So you've got to be on the same wavelength, mm-hmm. and you've got to, like you said, push each other because yeah. if we don't, and you can't do it every day yourself. If you've got someone to help mm-hmm. you and push you up and yeah. give you that momentum, it it definitely helps. No, and it's I, who you surround yeah. yourself with. I completely agree, and I think if you know that it's coming from the right background and the yeah. right reasoning. It's not just talk, because you know someone's just like, oh, go on, do a good run. It's like, they meant it, they mean it. Yeah, because they care. They want to make you better. And then you do it for them, and there you go, boom. And I think that's what, almost having the different cultures coming in, it really kind of brought that out. But that that, that team, though, was a special team. You know, from the the moment, 
our daily conversations with the club, the moment Matt came in, the moment all the all the players were being put over the line, the first training session I remember going to and speaking to a couple of you on that particular day because I was reporting for the BBC. And it's kind of like there was something special about the characters in there because you talk about Whitney Engen, you talk about Amanda DaCosta, you talk about every every single one of them. You know, Lucy Bronze was, you know, like you, a 20-year-old kid. But you were, you know... what. One of the things that I found interesting as well is that through all of those players that were there, some of the experienced players that were, put, that were in that squad, you were given the captain's armband at 20. Oh. Mm-hmm. But you were made so, though. So did, did Matt make that decision? Did Yeah, I said no. That's another one. <laughs> <laughs> See, no. The first time to be I fair, said though, no. it's a lot of pressure, isn't it? So it, I mean, I'm thinking the same thing. Mm. Like, we're signing Whitney Engen. Yeah. She's a US international. Yeah. Farah, like, yeah. everyone was coming in. Manda. Yeah. And at first, when he asked me, I was like, "No, I, ca- I can't do that." Like, you've got all these players. I was, <laughs> I was only young. I had actually been captain for a little bit of time at Chelsea okay. before, um, yeah. but even so, I was kind of like, "I'm still, I'm so yeah. young. Like, I need to." But he said, "Let's just see how we go preseason." Um, so I was like, "Okay." He was like, "Have a think about it." I'm like, "Okay." And it almost gave me like an extra drive because I almost was like, "I want to prove if I'm gonna do it." Do it. I almost have to be up to the task. Mm. So I didn't necessarily change who I was, but it motivated me to to be... I guess you have to set an example. Why do you think you got given the captain? Honestly, I feel like because I, I kind of work with everyone, or I, I at least try to. Um, and for me, I like to always put the team first. And I'm yeah. thinking, you know, if, if I have to take a hit for the team, then I probably would. But actually, when I said no the first time um obviously I spoke to my family about it and I mean I don't know if you know I've got a big affiliation with Kevin Sinfield yes um and my dad actually said you know Kevin Sinfield was captain at 21 and he was a big kind of someone who I have so much respect for and really looked up to so I was like okay if he can do it then you know even the fact that you said no because you didn't think you were good yeah. enough for the team mm-hmm. shows that you are mm-hmm. a good leader because and a good captain because most people would have just took of themselves you were thinking of the team could you do it for the team so even that little they probably wanted to give you even more <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean I had to really kind of learn and grow into the role um but I was very lucky the players that I was surrounded by Farah was unbelievable with me Amanda Whitney it was it was almost an easy team to be captain in because there everybody so helped there me play. So many captains, it was literally the, like, and I could really. I think the hardest thing I found was because I was almost like, I need to show, I need to show. I was almost taking on everyone's problems. Yeah, and yeah. if someone asked me to do it, I'd I'd stop what I was doing and I would do it. Yeah. I would reply to them or, yeah. and I think that bit. yeah, I think the older I've I've become and the more experienced I've I've always been there. First, if you need me, I'm here. But I'll also do it when it needs. I wouldn't prioritize it if I mean if something was emergency. Well, that's learning, isn't it? That's and I think that's and where I've learned to never, not almost never change, but you know, still have the the balance of I need to do what I need to do to play and and be the best I can be. But also, I'm there for the team. How long was your captain for? If you don't mind me asking. Un- until you left. left. It was the day yeah. you arrived to the day you left, wasn't it? Yeah. In 2018. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. The whole run, eh? <laughs> the, thing, the, the, the thing that I found mm-hmm. fascinating, because those two seasons were very different, weren't mm-hmm. they, really, in terms of what had happened? Because the first season, as you say, it took a little while to get going, mm-hmm. but once you did, you were just blowing teams away. 
You know, I remember the, the game against Everton at Marine 4-1. Touched out, we scored twice. And then Nicole Rolser just ran the yeah. show that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, you know, when you come to the final game of the season, what was 3-0 against uh, Bristol, Bristol mm-hmm. to, to lift the title, mm-hmm. it just seemed as though it was the stuff the champions are made of. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, I mean, it probably goes back to what I said before about that relentless mindset. It was almost like nothing was going to stop us. Um we would come up against... I remember in games we would be giving goals away. Like, Beardy used to sub the goalkeepers. You remember that? Yes, I remember. It was, it was almost like... But whatever happened, we would find a way. Yeah. There would be last minutes. There would be first minutes we'd be losing. And it, we, whatever we came up against, we would always... I think the players within ourselves, we would always find a way. And it wasn't just we didn't rely on one player. We had players all over the pitch that could have those moments that would make a difference, whether it be saving one off the line or scoring a goal or assisting or putting a tackle in. Yeah. I think that was that was probably when you say like the champion mindset mm-hmm. and the championship side, like that was not just one player, it was spread through the whole 11, but also the, the group and the environment that we created to go and do that. And I think then when we move, so it, it, it was almost like a Rolls Royce. It was it was pairing. It was everything moved in the right mm-hmm. direction. The second season, mm-hmm. Whitney left, mm-hmm. Louise Fours left, mm-hmm. and it was trying to plug those gaps. But also Natasha Dowie gets injured a lot in that second season. Mm-hmm. Nicole Rolser does her ACL. The fundamental key parts of the team were not there and the team managed to somehow get... I, we, I, one of the things I think about is it was mainly Arsenal that threw the, the league away that year yeah. and you took advantage of that. Again, it was that champion's mindset that just sticking in there as long as you could and seeing what happens. And that's exactly what happened Yeah, that I think it also happened the first year when no one expected us to do it. Mm. And then we kind of did it and then it was like, oh, maybe they can do it. But then to back it up again, yeah. it was still, they're not yeah. going to do it. Yeah. And we actually started the last game of the season in third place. Correct, yeah. And we needed, I think it was three results plus all, goal all difference. <laughs> it was Anything you could imagine to go <laughs> our way. There was, it, was, it was like... There was a penalty yeah. save. There was a worldly goal. Yeah. Oh, it was the most but bizarre I think, game. I think saying that though and hearing what you've said, like for the second season, you said it before though, with the whole team through and through had that mindset. So mm-hmm. even though the best like not best players, but most people were out getting players, injured. Yeah. You, you lost a lot of players. If you had it through the team anyway, you still had a very good high standard. So that just shows if it is through the team and everyone mm-hmm. does have that mind, even when the best players are out and individual people aren't there, yeah. it's about the team. It's about all coming together. Obviously a bit of luck and stuff, yeah. but um, you make your own luck these days. Yeah, and I think what we had, we were all, like I said before, we were all honest, hardworking, so we didn't just expect to turn up and win. Yeah. We did the work through the week. We were honest. We reviewed games. We would be open and honest, and, and that was because the environment we created, it would be like, I need you to do this. Okay, well, if I do this, then you need to do this. And I think in those moments, then that obviously related into the game, and when we did get in those situations, it helped us still be successful yeah Yeah. but i think and and then to go back to what you said before arsenal when the wsl was created were just uh, an unstoppable force Mm -hmm. even in that last game of the season or those games leading up to the end of the season they were losing games and almost 
uh, that champion's mindset that they had was starting to slip mm -hmm. and you were able to take advantage of that. When you when you were able to back that up for the second time, I remember everyone was standing there, almost Natasha Dowie was praying. I remember, I uh, remember being yeah. there in the stand. Because our game finished first. Yes, it did. And it was on BT Sport and that was even just a big thing for it to be yes. on TV. Yeah. But they did the live final day and it was like flashing from game to game. Oh, okay. So all the games are played at the same time and... I remember going to Matt at the side during the game, like, do we need to score? What do we need to do? Like, it was... Because oh, you're waiting, aren't you? Because you're reliant, yeah. Um, and then our game finished first. Mm. And I think one of the fans had the game on the phone. <laughs> so we're all literally watching. And man. obviously there's a little bit of a delay as well with the TV. And, and then people start cheering. And then it was like, has it really happened? Is it yeah. like everyone was kind of in their own mental. little moment. And then I think the FA thought, the trophy was going to Manchester, so we had to wait for the yeah. for the trophy. <laughs> yeah, That's, didn't yeah. even believe in no, you. No, so we had no, no. I mean, the crowd wasn't. I mean, it was such a big crowd in Manchester because that's where they thought yeah, the trophy yeah, yeah. was going to be. Yeah, um, you and the fans. So we, one team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, our fans, honestly, incredible. Yeah, since day one, they have been the best. Even like for me personally, going away, coming back, I've always had that. Beat Liverpool connect, fans. Yeah, like we said literally. Before. Yeah. And the thing is, it, all of this, all of this happened. You won two titles. Mm -hmm. For me, at that particular point, it was a case of, okay, is the club going to kick on and do well in the Champions League? Because that never quite went the way the club wanted it to. But instead, something happened, and it didn't happen that way. And people started leaving, and Matt left, mm -hmm. and and you were one of the of that of that particular team that were one of the the last players standing, really. When you when Shaking you think about it, exactly. <laughs> was that was that because you 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 believed that something could change, that something could happen again? Was yeah, I mean, it was obviously a difficult period for the club. Um, obviously, Matt left, and then Scott took over, um, and again, it was almost like a new overhaul of the squad. Um, I actually got injured in that Champions League game, mm -hmm. so I was injured that whole off season. So it was almost like. I didn't really know what to expect coming back. And again, it was going to be a new team, essentially. Um, but I did know some of the players that were coming in. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I played with Sophie Ingle mm -hmm. at Chelsea. Um, and she was really good friends with Caroline Weir, who was, I think, a lot of clubs wanted her. Um, so I think it was almost like, okay, the league's got better, everyone's got better. But again, we're in a, another phase of playing, attracting players and, you know, these new players were coming in. Um, so it was almost, I think the team that we had, I mean, you look at where the players are now, it's, oh. we were all very young and yeah. it was an exciting team. Yeah. Um, so although we were in a transition period, the team we actually had was a very strong team. Mm. Um, so I think we, we all knew that we probably could have been a lot more successful than we were mm. with the players that we had, but you know, as as it happens at every football club, players leave, yeah. players come, players yeah. go. Um, and players, you know, they did so well, especially on an international stage, which, you know, when Shanice goes to the Euros and gets wins the Euros, yes. then gets assist, and then Leon come yeah. calling. So you're not gonna turn them down. You're not yeah. No. And I think realistically also in the way that the game was going, if opportunities come up, then you have to take them, yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, I I stayed, obviously, quite a few years after yes. that. Um, but, yeah, for me, it was, like I said before, it was a career decision. Um, 
and I went, I was successful in terms of winning the trophies at City. Yeah. Um, but in terms of that kind of that that process, was mm-hmm. it was it difficult for you to make that move to City? Oh, was God, it? Yeah. So I mean, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So it's kind of like you know you're being put through the mill emotionally mm-hmm. because you've got the tie to the club, mm-hmm. you've got the tie to the area, you live in the area. Mm-hmm. So it's what must be going through your mind at that just, particular just stage? before that you were in Liverpool. For mm-hmm. how many years, sorry? Six years. And then was, you went to Man yeah. City after then that? City, oh, yeah. okay, great. Um, yeah, so I actually went to City the same time as Kazuya. Mm-hmm. So we both left and Liverpool and signed for City at the same time. Um, I think, obviously, with the way that the game was growing, City coming, they'd, they'd been in the league for a few years. Um, but I think from my time in the career, a lot of my stuff was international. Um, England's something that I've never... I've never almost been satisfied in how successful I've been on that stage. Um, and I felt moving to City would give me a better chance oh, yeah. of doing oh, that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Purely because the City team was pretty much the England team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to be playing with international players. Yeah. So whether or not I was getting selected, I was still going to be playing with every single position was international. Sometimes you know and competing. things can grow, yeah. Yeah, and I think it was going to be... I knew it was going to be a huge challenge mm-hmm. out of my comfort zone. And I think when you've been at an environment or been at a team for a, a period of time, you almost... I mean, you can stay and be comfortable. Or yeah. for you've me, I, I want to challenge. You've got yeah. to be uncomfortable. And I want... Far. Yeah. Um, so it was going into a completely different environment with, you know, internationals that are completely different yeah, you've yeah. never um and your standards have to be so high every single day because the squad competition for places was so high not just the starting 11 not just the squad there was players sat in the stand that yeah. could have been starting at any other yeah. super league team talking about that as well though sometimes you have to make compromises when you were at city because i remember a number of games you had to play right back just <laughs> to get a, in the team i played a full season at right back yeah really yeah. i mean I go and, you know, I think I, I don't regret going because I got to work with Nick Cushing, who mm. for me is one of the best coaches. Um, and he really, you know, he really helped me. Yeah. I, probably one of the best coaches I've had um, in terms of not just knowledge for the game, but actually coaching you. Yeah. Um, and that's probably quite quite rare, I would say, in terms of when you get to a first team level, actually it Not sounds really like, like having anymore. like a yeah. coach because a lot of it is team orientated yeah. and and he really challenged me um and yeah I played a different position and if you'd have said to me you're going to go and play right back at City I'd have been like absolutely no chance like but he actually gave me the tools believed, helped me believe, yeah. yeah um and it helped me improve the game learn a different position and you know I played it when I was younger but to play at that level against the opposition um every single week Your skills have just gone more than yeah um and then the following season i transitioned into center half because mm-hmm. you know going in it was steph horton and jen Beatty, and yeah. they're both starting center half so i knew i'm going in to compete i could stay and play or i can go and compete and i wanted to go and compete and i felt like i could compete with them um you backed yourself yeah and i think going in playing the first season at right back and then I knew I would bide my time and, and end up at centre-half, um, which is what I did. Okay, so you were at City for like two and a half years, and then mm-hmm. where did you after that? I chose to go to America. 
um, completely at a out of soccer. You yeah. to so- yeah. play soccer no, or I went to play football <laughs> in America. Um, I will not say that word. I, know, I, don't, <laughs> I just don't get it. Like it's football. Okay. Spoken, spoken yeah. like a true scouser. <laughs> yeah, I did, however, go to an American football game, which was another experience. I've been to one of them. It's I just don't get the rules. Like, I, don't, I had no you idea. You just what run, was going get on. the ball, and hit someone on the way. Like, I'm not gonna lie. No idea of the rules, but. The occasion was great. It, it is. It's go. got. It's yeah. a good show. It's yeah. a very good go. show. Literally. Yeah. Um, but I went for the football. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Completely out of the blue, unexpected. I'd actually just re-signed a contract with Man City. Um, so. Oh, so it was a big change. So you already re-signed, and then you chose yeah. to leave to yeah. America. Um, it was almost again an unknown kind of. Still, I mean, it happens a lot more now in terms yeah. of players signing contracts and then clubs coming in and getting them out and paying transfer fees. And again, it was almost an unknown for me. Um, but it was it was a new project, um, an expansion team coming into the NWSL. Um, you know, they showed a, a big commitment to me. And again, for me, it was another challenge. I, like I say, I, I don't regret my time at City, um, but I felt this especially probably at my age that I was, 29, I think I was, um, the opportunity to go and play abroad was massive Was massive in a top league yeah. against different players. I think I played in this the WSL for 15 years, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. against the same players for the most part. It's a bit boring, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think, again, going back to before, it was kind of in my comfort zone a bit. Yeah. And you wanted to keep and, it fresh, I'm assuming. Yeah. And, you know, I think... You dominate a lot of games at City, and I, I felt like I needed almost challenge. another challenge um, to see both sides of it. And it's a different style of football in America. It's very transitional, whereas here it's it's very technical, tactical. So if I want to grow, if like, I want to improve as a footballer, I was ready to throw myself. Well, out every there. way that you said that you on your stories that you've been saying, you've always like willing to challenge yourself to like add new skills like you move from Liverpool to City like you you learned that going to your right back and then now going to the States where everyone is a lot more physical everyone is people look everyone in America is just bigger and like constantly out like you said before we were talking (laughs) it's just sunny there so people just where about in America did you stay actually I was in Kentucky yeah so there you go everyone's just out Mm -hmm. exercise for them is like Ritual, yeah. It I mean, is, it's a yeah. completely different world, different culture again for me to experience. And like I said, like the lifestyle is great. Um, Big getting it, yeah. <laughs> and you food. see, like everything is so athletic out there, yeah. and the weather obviously makes everyone get up and go. Um, so for me, it was again another life experience, I guess, alongside getting challenged every single week playing. It's a very different league. You're there. saying it's different to Leeds, is that what you're saying? <laughs> It's not quite as sunny. <laughs> no, it doesn't rain that yeah. much, does it? <laughs> oh, yeah. And while um, you're there, what's your favourite food there? This is random, but... Oh, um... Kentucky Fried Chicken, did they have? Yes, like, it was Kentucky Fried Chicken. Did they, like, you never... I'm not going to lie, I did go for I was just sitting there thinking, mm, I'm starving, by I the way, so... I did go for a few drive Yeah. Um, but no, honestly, there, I think... The ice cream, there was ice cream everywhere you looked. That's, yeah. that's sunny not, though, that's yeah. why. That's You're not, not good for a footballer though, it, is it? It's not good for a footballer. No. Um, don't see many ice trucks around here. <laughs> well, no. I think the trips to like California, San Diego, yeah. oh. the food over there was unbelievable, oh, fresh. Yeah. Um, American dream, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Let's. It's raining outside. And then you're back. back. <laughs> yeah. But then you gave all that up to come mm. back to Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so. it's Liverpool. And oh, yeah, of course, of rain. course. It's yeah. kind of like because the way I see it in my dream, if you like, is you know I'm I'm, I'm an Evertonian, so for mm-hmm. me it's, it isn't quite the same. Th- it's quite the same thing. But if 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 Liverpool came calling for you as a Liverpool fan. Mm-hmm. it's probably one of the clubs that you would join if that mm-hmm. was the case. I'm assuming that, what, the mothership comes calling? <laughs> yeah, so you left the chicken and the sun yeah. and <laughs> come back to Liverpool. Yeah, I yeah, I think being away, obviously the game was getting bigger and bigger too. So I always, I've always had the watching when I could. Um, and I always, like I said before, I always felt like I wanted to come back. I just didn't know when it was going to be. Um, but if I, I did come back, I always had the connection with Liverpool and especially with them being back in the top league, yeah. having the the connection and wanting to help. Um, I feel like hopefully I can offer something as both a player and off the pitch too, in terms of my experiences, what I've learned from being in the other, I guess, in America, in a different league. Because um, that was, yeah, that was a complete different yeah. league in terms of every single game is so competitive. Like, any team can beat anyone because of the way the draft system works and the games are obviously you can't really predict how the games are going to go but so that was exciting though it honestly it was early on in the games i'm like getting excited I'm getting like, pumped up for each one yeah because i'm like you don't actually know what's you can't predict it whereas i think here you can still predict that we should beat play. these we can beat that yeah. yeah or you almost approach games differently because you know okay well if we do that then we'll give ourselves a chance yeah. over there it's you go for it. Yeah. I know what you mean. Like in Taekwondo, um, you know who you you can be, but yeah. obviously at the same time, the way the rules change, mm-hmm. if you if you know you know what's not going to happen, you don't know. You actually get pumped up more. You get yeah. one. You're like, come on, then bring it yeah. on, fresh meat, everything. So then it it's was. like you mm-hmm. like that. That's the exciting side of yeah. sport. And I think like when you don't have that and you've done it for so long, that's, like you've yeah. done it for decades, football. Mm-hmm. So for you to have that. Excitement and challenge. It just is, shows is the competitiveness. Does it, it keep it fresh as well? For yeah, you? definitely. Like the the competitiveness still is inside you. If you I don't agree. feel like that, yeah. I feel like you need to think about where you're at or what you're doing. Because I agree, it might be over yeah. then. I think when I went out there, that's probably when I realised. You know what? I've I've done the right thing here. As hard as it was, because yeah. I didn't know anyone when I went out there. I didn't literally didn't know any of my team. Mm-hmm. Not played with anyone before, and. I think I, I got that feeling like going into the games. I'm like, I need to be on here because yeah. anything could happen. And me playing in my position, every week you were coming against the best strikers. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like, oh, there's one player that can hurt us. I actually didn't know any of the players. <laughs> you so, taking them all on. So you, you have <laughs> yes. to almost you know, mentally be in... alert. You can't switch off at any second because you would be punished. I think it shows you that in sport, though. Like, when you do know too much about someone, mm-hmm. you, you, you just overthink yeah. it and not do it. But when you just do what you need to do yeah. anyway, you get yeah. the best out of yourself. And if you know somebody too much sometimes and you know their strengths over, and weaknesses, yeah, because sure. you can like, be oh, complacent. Can, yeah, can you be complacent at the same time? Yeah, so I think just going back to it, like coming back, mm. I hope to be able to put the two combined experiences, playing styles together. Mm-hmm. So now you're back with all these recipes, all these. So don't things. expect she could. Do you reckon she'll be captain again <laughs> soon? Well, you never know. You know, it's would you like? Would manager. you like to be? Or I mean, side note. Obviously, not gonna, no. Yeah. Forget who's captain now. Anyone like that? Saying, would you like to forget be name, captain? Forget <laughs> name. Yeah, forget she doesn't exist. I don't <laughs> mean that like that, <laughs> yeah. but basically, Look, if the offered you, would you love it again? Yeah, I mean, wearing the armband is exactly. extremely proud um, for me. But 
look, whether I have it or not, I'm I'm still the same person. I'll I'll still try and yeah. lead in how I am. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's special to lead any Liverpool team out. Yeah. Just there's one team that I just want to touch upon very quickly that you've played for as well, and that's England. Mm-hmm. One of the things I was looking because during your career, you're looking at it and you're thinking, right, okay, then you've won two league titles with Liverpool. You've won all sorts of trophies with virtually every single club you've been at. But the England thing never really mm-hmm. took off. And I was thinking to myself, why was that? And then I look at the list of names that you were competing against for England places. And very often the England captain was at centre-back. <laughs> so there's one place gone. Mm-hmm. And then there's lots of other places, Steph Horton, et cetera, et cetera. Was that, is that one thing that you look at which you wished potentially could have been different? Yeah, I mean, like I said before, it's always an ambition that I've always had. And I mean, even still now, I'm still trying to be the best person I can be and, and player. Um, yeah, it's something that I've never been fulfilled with in terms of... You've got 11 caps yeah. as, as it stands at the moment. Um, but like you say, it's always been a competitive squad. Um, it's something that I've always been striving for. And like I say, I've always tried to challenge myself in terms of if I feel I'm getting myself too comfortable, let's let's keep challenging, let's keep pushing. Um, and honestly, it was probably a reason going to America too, in terms of completely taking yourself out of the England situation. Um, I think when you can, when you're in it, you almost think about it too much. Um, so to take myself out of the environment, um, still challenge myself against international players yeah. every single week. Yeah. Um, it was something, you know, again, for me, I've learned again, the older I've got, there's a lot of things that you can't control. Um, I guess at the end of the day, a lot of it is opinions too. Um, And the more you kind of get caught up in it, the more it affects you. Yeah, definitely. So I think the older I've I've probably got, I've tried to just almost, you know, I I heard Laura Coombs' interview the other day and she said, I'd completely stop thinking about international football. Mm. And there she is getting a call up at a 31 for the first time since 2015, I think Mm -hmm. it was. Um, And it's almost so true with what she says. You can get so caught up in it and, you know, focus on something that you still keep working towards um, and you almost forget about doing what you can do. So I think that's that's one thing I'm I'm still always trying to do, just as long as I'm improving and doing what I can. I think, like, you nailed it with... A lot of things it's not just in women's football it's in other sports as well like they are like people say oh you're not in you want to be in the England squad more you want to be this but like you said not everyone gets a a chance to do that that is not anything to do with you are the best in what you do like you've won the cups you've won these titles you've you've gone and you've pushed yourself internationally and I think like that just shows about life that's like a life lesson that we learn in sport like um, some people can go on the on the team all the time because it's just the way it fell for them, but that doesn't take nothing away with what you've got. And like you said, you could come back and be playing again. It's not always about just oh I tick that box, I tick yeah. that box. You've become the best on your journey, mm-hmm. and like you should be proud of that. Do you know what I mean? And you've still got more to come. So we've heard a lot about your football career. I want to know a little bit more about your personality and, and where you come from. Because obviously you come from Leeds, but you come from quite a big family as well. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about your, your, your family background. Yeah, I'm the youngest of six. 
Six. Blimey days. Six. Yeah. Six. Save the best till last. Oh. Girls, boys. Uh, four boys in between me and my sister. Oh, good. Yeah. And none of them play football. Oh, or I'm not even going to say the sport. I have no idea. To be fair, I'm one of four. None of them do taekwondo. Like no. we all do different things. I think that's the best way. You did well, dude. Yeah. I mean, you could ask them about football. They wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. Really? So yeah. are they are they rugby? Mm. Are they not anything not, to do with not, sport? sport? Not really. I mean, they enjoy watching sport, but. Yeah. Enjoy watching you, that's it. <laughs> I mean, they don't even enjoy watching me. I was me. just going to say, I haven't seen, I haven't seen that brother's sisters, yeah. in mass, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, but being the youngest, I think you you learn a lot. You grow up quick, especially with four older brothers. Mm, um, definitely. You fight for what you get, don't you? Mm. And one of your biggest inspirations, I can only imagine, is your mum. Mm-hmm. Because she's been paralysed for a while, hasn't she? Can you tell us a little bit of the story about, about her? Yeah, um, my mum was in a car accident um when my sister was a baby um so for me her being in a wheelchair is all I've ever known um but she's the most inspirational incredible woman I ever know um and she she's still I mean the upbringing that we've all had has has been incredible um so between her and my dad they've they've always provided the platform for us to go and you know fulfill whatever our ambitions are and yeah, I guess I know I always have the full support of my parents, especially behind me. Um, and I guess they keep motivating me to to keep on wanting to fight every day um, and work harder. But for me, having that support network of my family behind me has been huge all the way through my career. And I think coming back, dad managed to get out to America to visit me oh, a few times. Nice. Yeah. Um, so that was probably like such a... I mean, it was so emotional the first yeah. time he came out um, because I could share those experiences with him. Um, and obviously they've had a huge part in my career. And for me to now be able to, every chance I get, especially now being back home, yeah. I think not seeing them for a time being away, obviously you miss your family. Um, but now every day off I get, I'll be, I'll be straight back because, you know, I'm so grateful and Appreciate I want to yeah. have the time with them and... I guess share the the experiences that I'm having. Um, I bring my dad to Anfield when I can, <laughs> and he loves it. Um, so yeah, just kind of little moments like that. It's it keeps me working hard every single day. But you know, when you have those moments, you can enjoy. I love sharing them with my family too. And, and Willie's a big big part of your life as well. Mm. Your other half, because he, he's a rugby league legend uh-huh. in his own right. But it's kind of like how how does that how does that dynamic work? That you're both because you competitive. obviously I would have thought very competitive. But he he's obviously playing for Wigan every week, and you're traveling to Manchester and mm. to you know Kentucky. Miles, and, like we said yeah. before, you know what I mean. It's kind of like all of this yeah. sort of stuff. And he's he must be so proud of where you are now. But that must take a lot of energy and effort from both of you to keep that. Keep, you know, keep that going almost. Yeah, I mean, firstly, there's no sympathy in our yeah. household. Yeah, I was going to say that. You know, no. you can't start comparing because yes. he's always usually got a worse, uh, you know, battered body. My train you. harder yeah. than you, you yeah. do it. Yeah. You know. yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I mean, having his support again is, it's for me, it's incredible um, to have someone that I can always kind of go home to that understands the environment, um, albeit we're in different different sports. I think you you have to get it to be 
in a sports yeah. environment. I think it's um, nice when you know what you're going through as well. Mm-hmm. Like it is really hard if, when people don't do sport. Yeah. Um, with it to to truly understand, like it's lonely sometimes. So uh-huh. to have someone with you yeah. and go through that journey. You have that with that Aaron, level. don't you? You have that yeah, with Aaron. Yeah, yeah. So I have it with my husband and. Like, if we didn't, we wouldn't really understand each other. Yeah. Um, and then the competitive side is just yeah. the best, probably, be- Honestly, bit of it about it. It's so funny because he, I mean, I've also grown up watching rugby. Mm-hmm. So I I don't enjoy it as much when he plays because. I was going to say, you're a big fan. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't enjoy just the nature of the sport. You know, when you've got a personal affiliation, or... it's, it almost takes the enjoyment yeah. out of it. But he's a huge Liverpool fan too. So when he starts talking football, this we get going and I'm like, handy, yeah. The um, meant to be, see? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, just having him to support and understand the environment. Um, and I mean, a lot of people said to me like, oh, what about your boyfriend? When I said, I'm going to America. And that was the first question. I'm like, you know what? As As much as it sounds like I wouldn't even have to consider that in the decision the that I was making because... Yeah. You know, I think we both realised that your career doesn't last forever and you go on, we're going to have so many years ahead together that our careers have always come first in in what we do. And I think we're blessed that we both understand that and support each other to go and do that. Um, So I think that's probably the the biggest kind of compliment I can say in terms of, you know, it wasn't, it was hard obviously being away from each other, but you know what he, you need to do. Yeah, and I mean, he managed to get out to America twice. He actually surprised me one <laughs> time, um, and I scored a goal without oh, him knowing him being there. Um, but yeah, I think I'm very, I am very lucky in terms of the support network I have from my family and from my boyfriend. And you mentioned there about the rugby kind of connections, mm-hmm. and you talk about Kevin Sinfield being one of your mm-hmm. biggest idols. When you see what's going on with Rob Burrow at the moment and how Kevin is supporting him, I mean, I, I think what Kevin is doing for Fantastic. his mate is yeah. just... I, 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 I can't put it into words, yeah. to be honest with you. Like, that's just, like, the stuff he does. Oh, abs- absolutely incredible. Some of the things that, you know, he's doing for his best mate sort of thing. And also, you know, we talk about that kind of captain's role, what yeah. he's doing, but what... It, it's an important thing for you because, you know, you have a connection with the rugby league, as we know you've also helped out with some of that campaigning as well for MND. Do you want to do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, obviously I've known so Rob and Kev actually used to be the players that would come into my primary school. Mm-hmm. So I've actually known them since I was 7 or 8. Um and we've always kind of had, you know, they would come in every year and we would he would they would always know that I'd be the, the girl that played football. Um, <laughs> so obviously the older I've got, the more interaction we've had and the more our, sport, crossed, yeah. Yeah, our paths have crossed essentially. Obviously I was at City at the time that Stephen Darby got diagnosed. So being close to Steph, that was, Darby was the first that I became aware of it. Yeah. Um, and obviously since that happened, then you start reading up and then Rob gets diagnosed not too long after that. Mm. Um and that was, you know, having two people so close to you affected by a disease that is... You, you know, didn't even know about not long ago. Like. Yeah, and it wasn't... Nobody was aware yeah. as, as much unless you knew someone with it. Um, obviously, everyone knows there's no cure for it as it stands. Mm. I think seeing how much Kev had an incredible influence on Rob as a, a player but also what he's done for the whole MND community has been unbelievable. And, 
I think when he asked me to join as part of the run the first time around, when he did the 101, um, which actually ended up being 104 because he got lost. <laughs> did you? <Yeah. laughs> oh, um, extra, extra free. <laughs> but I mean, what he put his body through was yeah. Yeah. incredible. And, you know, he keeps saying, it's, I'm just going for a run for a mate. But actually what he's doing is inspiring a world of people and educating them on the awareness. Horrible, I didn't know nothing yeah. about it until, until that. And... You know, when you're running, you kind of think, you know, I'm, I wouldn't be able to do that. Um, and when I joined him for his recent, when he did the Ultra 7 and 7, I think how how he is every single day, it makes you put a lot of life into perspective. And you realise the reason when you're running with number 7 on the back, it's like, okay, we're, we're doing this to find a cure. And, you know, they keep using, we're going to bang the drum until we find a cure. Yeah. How long did it take you to train for that? Honestly, um, how many miles is it again? 26? 26. 26 miles. 26.2, so yeah. The first time I ran from. That's for one, from by the Nottingham way. Not for seven. Yeah. yeah, from Nottingham to Leeds, I ran with him. Um, and I did just over 50k with him. Um, and I was kind of still in season. It was off season for me in America, yeah. but I'd still been training a little yeah. in the off season. And honestly, this time when I did the Ultra 7 and 7 with him, so I only joined him from. I ran from York to Bradford. Yep. Um, which is far. It's, I mean, it's, it's yeah, enough. It's, a good, it's enough. Um, I mean, I'm done after 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I'd, I hadn't run for five weeks before that. So I was a little worried about, you know, how we're going to get through it. Yeah. But when I say when you're in that team and it just carries you and you're literally just putting one leg in front of the other, step by step, it was the power of that team is unexplainable we're quickly running out of time on the podcast today so we're just going to wrap up a couple of things um so it's the scouse code and one of the things about scousers is there's always this debate about what makes a scouser and what doesn't make a scouser so obviously when you were in merseyside as well mm -hmm. what color bin did you have maroon basically so you need a purple bin <laughs> City of Liverpool. however i am in the nosley council and so nosley is brown merseyside it's Merseyside, but it's kind of brown bin. So if you speak to any, if you any, speak to any scousers that give me are, in, a, give me a few on. months, and I'm hoping to well, move. I'll buy one further, of them little ones. Get, get further in. Get one of them little ones. Can we just delay the podcast again? Yeah, exactly. You'll get, you'll get, a, you'll get a text message say, "Look, got a purple bin. Got a gold one." When you get the purple bin, let me know. Okay, okay. I'll come back. Yeah, exactly. Am I invited back if I get a purple bin? Of course, you're invited back anyway because you are an adopted scouse code. But just before, because obviously we call this the scouse code. Is there, is there something when you think about scousers that makes a scouser if you understand obviously me. not just like the bin <laughs> not just the bin but i mean is, is there something for you that just do you just get a feeling about honestly i feel like everyone's just giving mm. and like if you're one of us you're one of us like you just want to have a good time but you also want to help people yeah drop the mic there i think that's a great way to end the podcast today yeah thank you thank you thank so you very much. much for coming on and thanks very much for your time thanks for having me guys Cheers. it's been a pleasure thank you, thank you.